This is Restless. Welcome back into Restless, where we always have a good time and we don't even have to try. Pastor Michael, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. It is uh, about the right time of night to do an interview. You know, I don't know what else I would be doing right now outside of sleeping off a fever. (laughs) 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 We might as well do an interview. But that's how special our guest is. Um, You know, he's a special guest in the recording world because he was on our episode reacting to the first inaugural episode of the rise and fall of Marcel. Welcome back to the show, Matt. It's great to be here. I'm glad to officially be a recurring guest That's right. of the show. That's right. You are a recurring guest. Few Pretty people cool. have that right. So tonight, though, we just kind of want to talk to you about, uh, as we've talked to a number of people about how they became reformed. You know, we're getting messages from people even now, people saying, hey, I'm just starting to learn about Calvinism. Uh, and I'm interested in learning more. So I think for all of our listeners and, and even some of these newer listeners, it'll be great to hear a story from someone about, yeah, how they became reformed. But before we get there, why don't you just tell people a little bit about yourself, a little bit about, um, yeah, your family, whatever you want to share. Sure. Well, I am uh, I'm another Matt on the, the podcast. I've, uh, I've known the host, Matt, for, I, guess, I think probably 2008 is when we met um so i've known you for quite some time and uh i have uh, kind of i've grown up in a christian family um i've definitely changed i wasn't reformed as a, as a younger person but um I'm, I'm now i would call myself that i don't know if i don't know depending on who what type of uh, denomination somebody's coming from? They might not say I'm fully reformed, and I would uh, be okay with that. That uh, we'll get that there. Assessment. We'll get there. <laughs> but uh, I I currently am I'm 32. Live with my wife, and uh, we've got three kids. One is not yet born, but still going to count the third kid. We've got a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and one to be born in October, uh, if we stay on time with that. So um, we are. We love Jesus. We have a, a desire to try to follow him and obey him as much as possible. You're, and you're calling in from God's country in the beautiful state of Iowa. Oh, yes. Um, the big time, Des Moines. So Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> that is the big time. It, uh, now, and that's really the big time if you live where Pastor Michael does. So that's like, uh, that's great. So you, um, yeah, you mentioned uh, you grew up in a Christian home. Tell us just about your uh, the background uh, with Christianity, your your family. Yeah, I my uh, my parents, my my father grew up Catholic and left the Catholic Church. I don't know if that was like a formal renouncement or whatever, but he definitely left the Catholic Church over um, theological issues, and we were raised uh, kind of. Uh, we went to a first evangelical free church for a long time and uh, I didn't necessarily know what that meant as a young child. I knew they talked about Jesus a lot. Uh, And my parents, when I started kindergarten, they put uh, myself and my brother and my sister into a a private Christian school um, where I 
learned a lot about the Bible. I grew up knowing about uh, the gospel needing to be shared. I grew up knowing about like the 1040 window and, and all that um, that they would talk about with missions and had teachers who I, looking back, I think legitimately loved me and cared about um, my, not only how I did with reading and writing and all that, but also cared about my spiritual, um, my spiritual health. I then started going to a public school in middle school. We, we moved and I started going to public school for the first time. And it was, it was a little bit of a culture shock to see, you know, I was walking through and saw like an elementary kid drop an F-bomb. And for my, my own culture <laughs> growing up in a Christian school, I was like, whoa, that's the first time I've ever heard anybody <laughs> say that out loud, um, just casually. So, and like, it's like a fourth grader. So it's kind of a, a shock to me. Um, I'd say in high school, I kind of went through my own rebellion and sin for sure. Um, and I didn't necessarily have a, I wasn't really working on my relationship with the Lord. I still believe in, in Christ and all that. Um, but I was not actively pursuing reading my Bible regularly, um, or obedience. And when I got to college, that kind of changed. I got involved with a, um, a campus organization and, you know, got involved in a Bible study. I eventually met Matt through that. And I would say if I had to put a linchpin into this, uh, as far as like what really spurred on my, um, my spiritual walk again, I would say my friendship with the host, Matt, along with a couple other friends that were involved in that Bible study, just because of the, the commitment to Bible, Matt would kind of spur on and talk about, you know, what he was learning. And um, I remember just our conversations would, would just naturally go to Jesus. And I think Matt and I have both said this before that we probably wouldn't have been that close of friends if it weren't for, for Jesus and for having a, um, a Bible study that we were both involved in. It was just, we were very different people. I don't know if we would have roamed in the same crowds, except that we studied the Bible. And I want to, I want to hear more about that. Uh, <laughs> give it, give us some more. What, what about Matt? Uh, did you like the least? It wasn't that I didn't like him. It was just, I, I was a very, I was a, a quieter person for sure. Um, Matt would was definitely more of a a, a louder person, um, and I, I I would feel let like him we off easy. Been, Just let him off easy. Been, <laughs> I'm going to let him off even easier here. Like I don't feel like we would have been friends because I don't feel like I had something to bring to the table in that friendship i just i just don't think i would have what a joke i, I don't what a joke i don't i don't know why he would have uh, like a person like you would have uh, this oh God, this is sounds horrible but i don't know why um we would have been friends except that we were in a bible study together i, I just don't think naturally we would have had uh, friends in the same areas do you disagree with that matt I no like I, I i no i agree a fair I mean, assessment i mean i was a I was a punk with Vance Warp Tour t-shirts playing on a paintball team and you were a gifted musician and a nice guy. So I, I think you're probably right, but I, uh, you it's don't have to be a to... Matt love fest today from both. Matt's. That's right. 
but no, we can, we can, uh, and we can of course celebrate. We want, we in the reformed faith definitely want to claim um, the covenantal blessing of your dad converting to Christianity and how that changed your family and the awesome influence that had on you. Yeah. Praise God. I love already here. I mean, we're breaking in pretty early, but man, uh, like just hearing, uh, I was just reminded, you know, just the, the beauty of faithfulness, even in little things that you can look back and say, Oh, here's where my family was at. And then I went to this church and I don't know totally, you know, everything about them. Shout out to the E free church, by the way. Uh, love the E free grew up there. Uh, but you know, like all these places, school, uh, school that, you know, taught you more about Christ, um, you know, places that maybe we'd look back and say, oh, there's some things that maybe you disagree with now, or maybe you don't, maybe we disagree with on this podcast. And yet we're so thankful for it, you know, mm-hmm. so, so grateful to hear, even as you describe that. Yeah. And I mean, I'm kind of glossing over, I mean, we, our family had our share of issues like anybody did, but I would definitely my father and mother choosing to, to send me to uh, that school and that church specifically, I think was profoundly impactful on my life for sure. Awesome. And I'd, I'd also add Matt and I are a lot more similar now. Um, now <laughs> you've <Probably> mellowed, <laughs> you've mellowed from some. <laughs> do you now, do you now wear warp Tour t-shirts? <laughs> no, it's the other way around. <laughs> it's true. It is the other way around. Uh, I, I have now at one point in my life had to look presentable, not as, as often <laughs> as the pastor and the other man on the show, but sometimes um matt so obviously people if they want to they can go back to the episode where i tell my story and they hear some similar things but but when you are exposed to reform theology in college as you've mentioned through me what what is your reaction what what is that like what is that like for you getting introduced to um reform theology um I'd say there was maybe a, a moment of of hesitation at first of like, well, makes God sound a little mean. Um, some of the things I'm hearing, uh, but then like a, honestly, like a week later, it was like actually this is making a whole lot of things make a whole heck of a lot of sense, and kind of going through these scriptures that I had heard in my life and and, and discovering them in new ways. Um, and not, not in the bad new way of like, you know, a new interpretation, but like, you know, going back to historical Christianity and seeing how this was uh, applied back then was like, it was mind opening. And I, I kind of jumped in hook, line and sinker um, to reform theology um, and the kind of the reform theology of the young restless and reform movement Um because it was kind of more inclusive, I guess, you know, you had Presbyterians and Baptists and, and everyone, it was, it, it, you know, there were moments where you'd have disagreements maybe between those different areas, but they, the whole movement seemed to kind of coalesce around um, reformed theology. And, um, you know, maybe there's disagreements about baptism and, and, you know, cessationism and continuation, all that stuff. But, a lot of people were excited about uh, reformed theology and, and it was, I would say it was life-changing. Honestly, I became just so engrossed in trying to learn more about it. And it felt like it was um, making me learn about God in, in new ways. I just, it, it really spurred on my spiritual life into, I, I don't know without it, if I would be 
well, I guess God knows what he's doing, <laughs> but um, with, without the introduction at that point in time, I would imagine my college would have went a lot differently. I, I could imagine me coming out of college in a very different spot. Matt, uh, remind the listeners in case they didn't listen to the Mars Hill reaction, which I'm sure they did. What, what were the two sermons that originally exposed you to this for the first time? Uh, and if you didn't listen to that, go ahead and press pause, go listen to that one, or make sure you listen to that right after this podcast. Um, the first two ones you gave me were the Paul Washer, uh, the shocking youth message. Um, so classic in that moment. <laughs> it is so funny to hear, like to make, hear him make that turn. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. It's amazing. Um, and uh, the other one was Men in Marriage by Mark Driscoll, which is my introduction to, to Driscoll. And, and I do think what both of those men, and, and, and something you mentioned in your story, both of those men kind of get at that you're like, they were coming to the scriptures and the way they were handling the strict scriptures, at least outwardly, is that they were coming to the scriptures not to apologize for what the scriptures said, but to say, this is what it says. And this, this does, as you said, make sense of it. And I think you, you, right, you mentioned this, but this is actually, this is probably something important, right? Um, Reformed theology and the Reformed churches do claim to be spirit filled. We, you know, as you're like, it was all new to me. We do believe that the spirit must bring this truth to every person in every generation, right? It's not that there's new things, it's not that we're always looking for innovation, but it does need to be applied to us individually. And so it, it is possible for you to have these things brought to you anew. And I just thought that kind of the way you explained that just kind of helps. Um, one, I think, again, it shows what's a, what was attractive in this time. And two, um, what, what kind of, when the Reformed churches talk about being spirit-filled, a good example of that. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how else to describe it. Things were just changing um, rapidly in my own life, in my own walk. And then uh, as long as my friendships, the community I was in, it was it was something new. It didn't matter really why we got together. And I'm sure you remember these times, Matt, um, when we were around our friends, it was just no matter what the reason was we got together to to be together, we were continually finding our way back to the gospel and uh, Jesus just would always come up. It just, it was different to me because that was not happening in my life before that time. So you mentioned one other thing about how inclusive the YRR was, which is certainly a feature of the movement of that movement overall. Do you think that that was in the end? I mean, again, this is your personal opinion, was that a net positive or, or was that problematic on some level? Oh, that's a difficult question. Um, um, I'd yeah, I'd say overall, I, I would hope, I guess, that it's a net positive. Um, exposing people to um, what I would now claim as biblically sound <laughs> teaching um, and biblically sound theology, I think the wide reach of it, I think hopefully exposed more people to that. Um, 
obviously there's been a lot of issues which you, you're currently working through on the podcast um, with various churches, especially prominent churches within that um, within the the movement. But I think overall, uh, I'd I'd lean towards net positive for sure. Okay, so so from college on your way out, you kind of have come to these convictions. So tell us about either either challenges in um, applying the reform or this kind of new biblical teaching or kind of what kind of that trajectory has been like for you. Because they've heard about that from me. And since we kind of parted ways after college, maybe now we'll get, uh, you know, a, a more divergent story. I'd say the the challenges were trying to work out um, at, at churches, honestly. I feel like I haven't gone to a lot of churches um, that were very reformed. Um, just, you know, I would... I think one of the the ways I struggled was just to to make a sound decision on where to go and, you know, not wanting to necessarily church shop and, you know, trying to weigh other factors like, well, is it just theology that we're talking about? Like, what about the other ways that they're, um, you know, the community around me, where are they going? Does it make, do I want to keep these relationships alive or not? Um, If I go to this other church and my core friend groups are going to this one, how does that affect those relationships? Um, and really, I think I just wasn't making <laughs> that. That's what I did. I don't think I was making good decisions necessarily, though. I should have just decided to um, weigh the theological factor more strongly because I would go to church, honestly, a lot of times and think, wow, I don't I definitely don't agree with that. Um, and when we ended up moving down to, um, you know, the area where we in, the, in Des Moines, kind of lived a few different places you know we were we've gone to one main church because some friends went there as well and um i don't think that was a good decision that i made to to say like let's let's hook up with this this church um because our friends went there that's not a good reason necessarily to to choose your home church and then once we got involved there i you know i i think maybe we stayed there We, we definitely stayed there too long um, and there's been a whole, you know, a few different issues with that, um, with that specific church. And we stayed in there for years, I think just kind of waiting and maybe seeing if things would, would maybe change, um, as some leadership changes happened. And we recently, as of, uh, I think earlier this year is when we decided to, to bow out of that church and, um, now we've kind of landed in a church that is, um, it's a Baptist reformed church. And I'd say we've been going there f- solidly for, um, since the summer started and we're kind of working our way towards membership there because it's just been, it's, I, f- I almost cried, honestly, the first sermon I heard there because it was back to some guy who's not trying to be cool, preaching the Bible and actually doing expository preaching. And that's it. The worship, um, the whole church felt worshipful. Um, there was also just definitives. Like, this is what the Bible says. This is what we're working for. Um, I remember uh, the pastor saying, you know what? Things could get really bad here. We're not promised anything. Like, we're not promised a good life just because you live 
in this moment now in a country that's experiencing you know relatively minor issues compared to what some other areas are going through that that's may not always be the same and you can't go to comparisons to feel comfortable you can't always think like well somebody else has it worse than me what if you're the one who has it the worst is god any less good no and i i almost was like i was tearing up um and I didn't do it justice, but I was just tearing up at how fresh it felt. It felt like those moments of when I was first introduced to Reformed theology of like, wow, this is just, I feel like I'm actually being fed here. And I haven't, I hadn't felt that way in a long time. Yeah, Matt. Well, thanks for, you know, being so, so honest about kind of the, you know, the challenges over time. Pastor Michael, as, as we look to expand our show's audience beyond just the, the truly Reformed do you think that this is a, the kind of struggle a lot of people listening probably are having to work through themselves? And it's, yeah, it's hard to find a church. Um, and depending on where you are, um, it's hard. And uh, Matt, I think you expressed this really well that you didn't want to, like, I mean, you wanted to find a church. It's not as though you were, you know, looking, you stayed at a church that you weren't super content with for, you know, quite a while. Um, and, you know, I don't know all the details of it, so I can't speak into it exactly, but, you know, it's not uh, necessarily wrong to do that sometimes, right? So even if, even if a church isn't preaching exactly how you'd like or, or uh, doing things exactly right, um, I think the, the, the typical uh, modus operandi of our, our generation, especially coming out of new Calvinism and having these kind of high ideals of what the church looks like, and we've talked about this, is that we you know, we get into an actual church with actual people, and usually it is uh, messy. Um, however, especially, I mean, over the last couple of years um, with with uh, everything that's been going on, but even with the, with the COVID situation and everything, this has actually caused a lot of people, I think given a lot of people, you know, an opportunity to um, to look for new churches. So my guess is a lot of people that are listening are actually in the same uh, place where they, you know, uh, are just a little bit behind you as far as, you know, having been in a church that they weren't super content with, uh, or happy with for various reasons, and maybe didn't want to just up and leave. Uh, but for, I mean, there's kind of a, you know, a reason in some sense now to, uh, go and look elsewhere. So I think that probably resonates really well. Yeah. And I think that it, this idea of I'm be, because of the YRR coming through, the internet and campus ministries and all these kinds of um, non-traditional formats as it did for all of us here, right? Um, it, people find themselves coming to convictions that no longer match the church they're kind of most connected to. Yep. So Matt, if you were to, if you were obviously, and as, as Pastor Michael has well said that everyone's circumstance, right? This, this, podcast does not give people advice about what to do to leave a church or anything like that. But Matt, if you were talking to yourself back, you know, just after college and you're, and you're starting to think through these kinds of things, is there something you would tell, you would tell that guy, that specific person to do? These are the hard questions. Wow. Uh, (laughs) I, I'm, I'm kind of prone sometimes to overthink things. Um, and I, th- I honestly think it's kind of out of a passivity almost, like not wanting to, to just pull the trigger on something. 
And I'd probably tell myself, my younger self, like, don't, don't wait so long to make a decision. Just, um, the, the world's going to keep spinning. <laughs> God is still in control. Um, uh, you know, realized how blessed you are that you have to think about, um, you know, which church to go to, I guess. <laughs> that's not an option for people sometimes. Um, that's definitely, which is why we were kind of mindful about church shopping, but just don't necessarily overthink things to try to over-spiritualize them. It's okay to just to make a decision. I think I've grown in that to some extent, but um, my younger self had definitely had some larger issues with it and still something I'm working through. Yeah. Well, before we leave, we probably got to talk about two more things. One is, do we need to, do we need to have you discuss with pastor Michael, how you're not quite yet truly reformed? <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know, but I would, if I'm I love being how you honest, paint it like, Oh, pastor Michael's going to be the one to get you. Like, yep. Like that's like what that's I your do. Job on the I show. don't. You're I don't a, think that's what I do. I don't think a, a lot of truly reformed pastor. guys would think I'm truly reformed. <laughs> but you're a, you're a Presbyterian pastor. I am Presbyterian. Pastor that Michael, just, do you do you take any exceptions to the Westminster Confession of Faith? I I do not take any exceptions. This guy's truly reformed, ladies. <laughs> <and gentlemen. laughs> I have the laminated card and everything now. So that's right. I I just found that fascinating too. I remember like. I just thought everybody was reformed in the YRR. I just thought that was a thing. And then like, I remember seeing one time, like, well, Piper, he's not really reformed. And I was like, Piper, what? I thought, wasn't he the guy? Like, was like, I just, I was just, it was new to me because I didn't necessarily know uh, the divisions that would exist in uh, the young restless and reform. That's kind of where I got, when I first saw that it was, surprising to me i knew we kind of like disagreed on some things but i thought we were all kind of considering each other reformed um and i don't know how widespread that is necessarily but uh, honestly the only issue i would have at the moment um and it's not necessarily an issue even would be pedo baptism and that's that's probably the last domino to fall um and I honestly don't necessarily have a problem with it. Uh, it's more, is it uh, acting out of a position of faith or not? I don't know. And, and maybe you can put this together with my don't wait too long to make a decision. <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll be my gotcha moment. But um, that that's kind of the one thing that I would still be working through, I suppose. Well, You're we will not uh, beat you up with our copies of the Westminster Confession of Faith. Uh, here on Restless, we are not, you know, we we uh, have friends in all kinds of different places. And as much as we'll all be Presbyterian in heaven, we also understand yes. <laughs> that God works in various ways to get different people there. So it's very attractive, I'd say. And if I can add one thing about that, I've been to um, I've been to child baptisms and then like not that long ago and also have been to child dedications and I, I think I told Matt this recently <laughs> I went to a child dedication I was like wow that really seemed very similar to a child baptism and 
I was kind of joking about it, but it's like, it seems weird to like do all of this, but then be really freaked out when water got involved. Like that was the one problem because these things seemed very, very similar, <laughs> at least at the, the church I saw the recent baptisms. <laughs> Becoming Presbyterian in front of uh, all the restless listeners. Right, right, basically. <laughs> so that's why I say I'm not like, I don't have a problem with it necessarily, but it's still... We'd like Something. we'd like to appreciate your compliment, but we also would like everyone to know that. But we, on the other hand, do endorse the sacraments as a means of grace, not just to, not just to a little ceremony. <laughs> but, and and no, and, we should say this. Actually, I think this brings up a. Uh, maybe a, a good point. I actually think that this is something that happens, um, you know, and I want, I want to go back in a second and get Matt from you, uh, give us a cage stage moment, but yep, that's the final uh, thing I'm we thinking do. about cage stage. I think sometimes guys come out of new Calvinism cage stage, and then they uh, find something like, you know, a more historic reform tradition. And then they get, you know, a kind of, of cage stage, just you know, the next step, right? So now you're like the, I'm truly reformed, but cage stage. And so then that becomes a thing that you have to uh, just like beat everybody up with. Um, and so like, that is uh, obviously not what we're trying to do here in Restless. It comes out, listen, I'm Presbyterian and I like it. That's the thing about this. Like I, I enjoy being Presbyterian, uh, but it does, you know, we understand the vast majority of people that listen to us, actually, I don't think are Presbyterian. Uh, the vast majority of people that listen to us, uh, I think are more Baptistic. And that's just, you know, that's my assumption because I don't have, you know, the exact statistics, but that's my assumption. I think, I think most are probably in evangelical churches and uh, that's okay. We love you guys. We'd love to have you on the show. And uh, that's, that's what I want to say about that. They can love you having on the show so they can convert you to, <laughs> to Presbyterianism. I just want to make sure everyone in our, uh, you know, our, our truly reformed <laughs> Presbycast friends know that we check the box. We cover these issues along the way. Um, so, but yeah, oh, no, I, I do think it is, it's great. And um, we, we here on the, the restless show will continue to, to talk to people widely. You seem like you almost forgot what our show was for a second. <laughs> <laughs> we, we want, to, it's getting we want, late. We want, yeah, we want to talk widely to people and hopefully soon, We'll be talking to some people who don't claim the reformed moniker at all, but we'll see. So, Matt, it would we would be doing you and everyone listening a disservice if you cannot tell us a story that was a particularly cringe cage stage moment, if you have one. I guess you could always just tell one about me if that would be more fun as well. Um, I it's hard to remember like necessarily something that was truly cringeworthy. Um, because I'm naturally not as confrontational um, around people I don't know as well. I feel like probably discussions between our friend group was like, that's where my cage stageness could really fully fly because I considered that like, oh, everybody here is on, on the same team. Um, I will say that I did get into a a bit of a tiffle with the campus ministry I was involved with uh, because I had started going into reform theology. I'd say probably Paul Washer was more um, influential at that moment, but just like of trying to process like, you know, it seems like we're counting people as saved just because they prayed a prayer. And I 
did not like that. I don't, I, I wasn't necessarily nuanced in that view of not liking it. And I remember on a summer trip with this group, I had started introducing other people to pole washer and <laughs> having uh, them listen to things. And that, I don't know how big of an issue that caused for other people, but I do remember on the next summer trip I wanted to go on, I had to have a long talk with somebody who was very concerned, uh, one of the leaders that was concerned that I was not in alignment with um, the, I almost didn't get to go on the other trip, which probably would have been okay, but it was like, do you disagree with what this group is doing? And I was like, well, not necessarily, but some of this seems very borderline and we had to kind of work through that. But if, if I um, remember correct, didn't you, weren't you given some anti lordship salvation? Oh, yes. Materials? Because I of was. This? Yeah. It, yeah, I guess it was more than one conversation and I was given some, yeah. <laughs> I'm just remembering that. And I don't know if the person who gave me that material would remember this or would it be listening to this podcast, but I love yeah, you, Yeah, if man. you're listening, we'd love to have you on. Tell us your side I of the story. <laughs> I know that you were working out of a out of a, a genuineness of heart. You were at my wedding. I, I truly love you. Um, and I love all that you've done. But uh, that, like, that specific reading material that I went through, I was like, ah. <laughs> I don't really buy this at all. I don't buy these critiques. I want to. I want to take a moment to speak to someone who's not listening to the show because they're clearly doing more important things for the kingdom. And Paul Washer is Paul Washer like his um, his affect? Is his affect the like living embodiment of the cage stage? Though, like, does he just everything he does comes across? That way, I mean, again, like the man is godlier than me, has done more for the kingdom than I will ever do. But does he just, does he just like give off that vibe in no matter what the topic is? He's an earnest guy. He's an he earnest is, guy. That's what it is. I, it's, I'd say it's, I used to listen to him a lot and I kind of was coming away from it. It's like, no, nah, he's not like that. There's some popular clips, but I felt like when I was listening to him um, more regularly, I don't really listen to any pastor's sermons anymore um but uh, except you know i go to church obviously, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not like good clarification I, i've You're tried not to not like i've tried not to listen to like the celebrity and calling paul washer a celebrity pastor is you know i think he would find that funny but he would shudder yeah. um he would he would tremble i think would be the word oh, that's true. Uh, but uh yeah i just have not tried to I, I, cause I was living vicariously through these other sermons. Like I wasn't, mm. I found a point where I wasn't actually reading my Bible. I was just listening to a Driscoll sermon and a Chandler sermon and a washer sermon and Piper. Oh, that was a good spiritual time. I, I didn't read it, my Bible or pray at all, but I did listen to these cool pastors and that's probably good enough. Um, so I, I kind of moved away from doing that because of those reasons, but I, I thought he was, he was fine. Honestly, I thought he really demonstrated the grace and love of Christ in uh, a lot of great ways. Yeah, I certainly agree. And I think this is a good reminder to not confuse the cage stage for just really earnest people, because that is <laughs> Paul Washer. And in that, in that case, in what you were describing, Matt, 
Paul Washer did not know why you were clapping because he was talking about you <laughs> in that case. So, well, we it's been great having you on. Um, a lot of fun. Glad we're we're still friends and you're on my podcast. <laughs> we can uh, enjoy this podcast now and uh, hopefully I'll get to see you in real life again soon. Well, I am heading off to bed. This has been Restless. Uh, we hope that you had a great time. We were having a lot of fun. It was great to have Matt on. And uh, this is the kind of thing we want to do more of. That's right. Matt, is this episode sponsored by your employer? Can we? Can we uh... It is not. Uh, <laughs> it would be disavowed by my employer, most likely. Well, I'd like everyone to know that you, no matter what your employer thinks, you can rate and review this show, and we'd love it. That's right. And you can do it anonymously as long as we get it. Listen, there are something like six to 700 people listening to this, probably right now. As I speak, you're listening to this. Uh, we do not have that many reviews. Go on over. Leave us a quick review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Give us five stars or don't, but give us something. And if your employer is a blue block glasses company, who'd like to sponsor the show? He can't even get through it. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, well. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs>